Oh, wow. I said South. Man, it's, uh, maybe it's just too late for me. It's almost 10. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear you say it. Can you I edit said it Southwest. Out? Yeah, I could try. So the South. Next week, we're going to talk about the Southwest Division. <laughs> Again with the Southwest? <laughs> late night Camden is a problem. Late night Camden is a problem. I think you should just leave this like this. <laughs> oh, you gave Malcolm Brogdon. Mo- you gave the most improved player. To yeah, yeah. But- Malcolm Brogdon is the only player who has ever won the Rookie of the Year award and the Most Improved Player award. And I'm lying to the listeners right now. <laughs> How you doing, Nathaniel? What's up, Camden? I'm doing well. Excited to talk about basketball cards with you. All right, absolutely. We're gonna we've got some NBA news for you. We also are going to talk about some predictions for this coming NBA season, which starts very very soon this week. Also, we're going to talk about the Central Division today. So let's get started. Did we want to tip it off with some NBA news here? I think we should. There are a few topical things going on with the NBA, as per usual. Uh, So let's talk about our good friend Kyrie Irving. Our good friend, yes. So he finally got on the record about what his uh, thinking is on the vaccine. And while it's highly unclear to me what his cause is or what he's really saying, I think the big takeaway from it was that he said he's not considering retirement. So I would say, don't you think that makes a trade more likely, potentially, Camden? It seems like it. Uh, I did look this up, and it sounds like he's going to still make $19 million, even if he doesn't play, because it's the Nets who are saying that he can't play, uh, and it wasn't him. You know, The Nets are saying, hey, you can't play even the road games. And so I think he still stands to make about $19 million, even if he does nothing, basically. Wow. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, the Nets are playing hardball with him. He's kind of digging in, too. It just seems like a trade would probably be good <laughs> for the Nets at this point. It wouldn't actually be good. Um, but if, they, if they're if they at a standstill, I mean, what, are they, what else are they supposed to do, really? Yeah. How do you feel about the Nets' decision? To me, it makes sense. Like, how do you play some of your games and not practice and like it seems like it would be very disjointed so to me the Nets decision makes a lot of sense but I wonder how you feel about it I mean if somebody's going to be a part-time person on your team I mean I could see how they they could see how they have no other choice in the matter everybody's digging in their heels and (laughs) I I can't really blame the Nets uh, for for playing hardball you know, they they want uh, their team to be available for all, for all the games, barring injury. Yeah, and potentially they probably are hoping this motivates Kyrie to get the vaccine and have their three stars and go from there. But knowing Kyrie, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem too likely to me. 
It's it's definitely take overtaken Ben Simmons is the biggest saga for now. Yeah, speaking of potential trades, but I don't know if we have time to go into those hypotheticals. No, we should get to the to the central division here. Well, one other thing first. We were this is probably our last chance to get on the record before the season starts. That's so we true. talked about That's making true. some quick some quick predict- predictions. So let's run through this. Who's your rookie of the year pick, Camden? I actually am changing my pick. Um, what? I am. I am. I, I think it's going to be Jalen Green. I th- you know, to me, he's a really good candidate for this. Cade Cunningham would be a good pick, too. Um, of course, with Rookie of the Year, sometimes it's hard to tell before they really start. But I think Jalen Green's an excellent pick. Uh, Cade Cunningham gonna, is going to get all kinds of run in Detroit, but their team's going to be awful. The, the Rockets are probably not going to be very good either, but at least he's got some help with Kevin Porter Jr. as well and some other good players. So uh, the Rockets are a fun, young, exciting team. I don't think they'll be very good, but I think they're going to be exciting anyway. So uh, actually, so I think Jaylen you're going is, out on a limb and saying one of the top two picks will be Rookie of the Year. I, I know it's it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i was gonna go jalen green as well but to be different since you said that i'll go with uh Suggs. i think that yeah, orlando, orlando team yeah yeah orlando's one of the few teams that's maybe worse than the pistons and worse than the rockets i don't know about that actually i think the rockets are going to be pretty terrible but um you know Suggs is was a great leader in college he should have the runway there to play i could see the team winning a little bit more than the rockets so maybe since you stole jalen green from me i'm gonna go with Suggs <laughs> as my rookie of the year pick well nobody's took kate cunningham <clears throat> that's uh, true I, I mean i think he's gonna be good but he seems to me to not be the kind of player who's gonna put up crazy point totals like jalen green might which a lot of times rookie of the year candidates are kind of just like who scored most points and uh, not last year necessarily but often that's the case um, right. So I think for that reason, Jalen Green's the best choice. But I'll go with Suggs. Okay. On to most improved player. I'm uh, Camden was looking through the odds, and this guy wasn't even on the list. So I feel like either I'm making a terrible decision or I'm a genius, one or the other. But I'm going with uh, DeAndre Hunter. I'm a big fan of his game. He really, rookie year, I felt like he was kind of terrible. Like I thought he was just like a Jarrett Culver kind of player. Like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. But then he made a big leap last year and averaged 15 points a game, was one of their best defenders. Um, but he was hurt a lot, so he didn't get the chance maybe to make the impact that he could have. I think this year he's going to come back even better than last year, be all around their second best player when you take into account the defense. And so I'm going DeAndre Hunter. I, I like that pick. Like, like you were saying, uh, the odds makers haven't been – given him very much love uh but i think that it's uh he is going to be really good this year uh, my pick is i've actually mentioned him already but kevin porter jr not to go with the rockets every pick here but uh i i just think he's definitely a great breakout candidate he had a 50 point game last year i just think that he's going to get all kinds of run in houston and Definitely, this is a very hard category to pick. Most improved player because they always seem to come from out of nowhere, um, and so I'm sure that we will probably both be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a this is a low odds bet. Yes, but uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Nevertheless, is my pick. 
I don't hate that. On to MVP. My actual pick, I think, is the the guy with the or the worst odds in terms of being the most likely. I think Luca, like he's just amazing. We've seen him in the playoffs the last two years. He hasn't actually won, but man, he's been actually quite incredible. Um, the offense all runs through him. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up some Westbrookian sort of stats this year of near triple double, but actually being efficient while he does so, unlike Russell Westbrook. Uh, so that I think that's the best pick. My my dark horse again, not being a hater at all. I'm going to go with a Laker here for my wow. dark horse and go with An- Anthony Davis. I know last year a lot of people were talking about him. Uh, for MVP, but then he struggled. So I think this year he's going to come back with something to prove. I think LeBron will play yet less, trying to preserve him for the playoffs. And all those Russell Westbrook bricks are going to be some rebound totals for uh, Anthony Davis. So he's my dark horse pick at plus 2,500. So I think wow. that means, if I understand odds, that means 25 to 1. Decent odds there. Well, I'm going to go with KD on this one. I think it could end up being narrative-driven. Uh, to me, he's the best player in basketball right now, and I know that's up for debate, but uh, certainly he's one of those guys who is just so good, historically underrated. I think he's been in LeBron's shadow uh, his whole career, which has been kind of the problem why I don't think he's just seen as cool. You know, I still think he's underrated, even though everybody knows he's amazing. And I think that this is a really good year it could be very narrative driven if he overcomes the Kyrie situation and just goes on to play amazing basketball he did I mean let's not forget that uh, if his foot was a little bit smaller they, <laughs> the, his team you know the Nets would have actually beaten the Bucks, who won the finals so let's not forget how amazing he was in that series yeah and full disclosure I when I was putting my picks in on our little uh, rundown here. I saw Camden's KD pick, and that's probably the only reason I didn't pick KD is I thought that would be boring. But I'm I'm also a KD stand for sure. Uh, let's run through the rest of this real fast, Camden. I'll, I'll just go through all of mine, and then you can do yours. We're okay. gonna just go through the division winners, and then pick who we think makes the finals and who the champ is. So in the Atlantic Division. Well, I'll say the ones that Cameron and I have shared. We both have the Nets in the Atlantic. We both have the Bucks in the Central. We both have the Mavs in the Southwest. Those are our only ones in common. So I've got the Heat winning the Southeast. They're basically even odds with the Hawks. Um, I've got the Suns in the Pacific, which is an underdog pick to the Lakers. And I've got the Jazz in the Northwest. Um, What are your distinctions there, Camden? Well, I'm going to go with the Hawks in the Southeast. Uh, the The Heat are certainly not a bad pick at all. Uh, I just think that the Hawks are they're so deep, and Young Core is just, just going to continue to get better. Um, so they're my pick for the Southeast. Um, I think the Lakers could definitely win the Pacific Div- Division. They are the favorite, and I don't think they're going to win the finals, but I'm picking them for the Pacific Division champion. Uh, Northwest, I've got the Nuggets. Uh, the Jazz is a good pick, as you as you had. I mean, that's they they won it last year as far as uh, the regular season, you know. But uh, the Nuggets, I think, could actually even they're my pick for the Northwest. Okay, I like that. I hope that's the case. But I think with Murray and stuff, I I find that one the most unlikely of your 
predictions, but I would love that. I love that team. Um, for the finals, I've got, I didn't write it in here because I wanted to shock Camden. It's not going to be that shocking. I decided today that I'm going to go Nets over Jazz in the finals. I think wow. there's some things that remind me of the Bucks with the Jazz. They've been this really good team in the regular season for several years. They tend to flame out in the playoffs. There's questions about whether um, how they've built their team works with Rudy Gobert and stuff. But I think this is the year they know they can win the most games in the West if they want. But I think they're going to experiment more with small um, lineups. And uh, I think Donovan Mitchell tends to add things to his game every year. So I think they are going to come out of the West, but they're going to lose to the Nets because as long as the Nets are healthy, I think even without Kyrie, they're um, quite clear favorites. So my pick uh, is also the Nets to win the finals. I think that even if Kyrie ends up not coming back with with Harden and um, KD, as long as they stay healthy, I honestly think they could still come out of the East, and I could I think they could still come out on top in the whole <laughs> NBA and still win a championship, even without Kyrie. I really do. Um, Nuggets are my pick to make the finals, and uh, I think Porter's going to take a jump this year. He, he's getting max money. I think this could could be their year. I hope you're right. I would love that. Love the Nuggets. They're so fun to watch. <clears throat> All right. Um, Central Division. Let's do it. Um, so this week, as we continue to try to make this podcast better and better, as we run through the players, we're also going to mention their rookie year, since you, since that's kind of the where you need to look for generally the cards you're going to be buying for these players. And then I wanted to put kind of a price in common between players so i was going to do all their prism psa 10s but um you, you know you know how much i love prism everybody but <laughs> i it is kind of like the market standard i would say to compare players but i did find it increasingly if you're a new listener that's definitely he is being facetious nathaniel hates prism yeah prism is terrible but <laughs> it is what it is um but the problem i found with it is so this is a thing to talk about with Prism at some point. But in the last three years, they've produced so many of them that comparing Prisms from 2012 to Prisms from 2020 makes very little sense. And honestly, I think it may make more sense to compare base Prisms from the older years to Prism Silvers now in terms of population. But anyway, so take that into account when you're when you hear the prices that we mentioned, because um, it's kind of a different world in the last few years. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was any rook, any pl players that were rookies last year, because of the PSA and BGS shutdown, you can't really look at graded cards because there aren't very many of them. So those players, I put in their, their raw numbers typically. Okay, so, yep. So you want to start us off with the honest, Camden? Yeah, I mean, he's a five-time All-Star, two-time MVP, one-time Finals MVP. He scored 28 points and 11 rebounds last season. Just ridiculous player. Honestly, he could have easily been our um, MVP pick. I didn't want to pick him just because he's already gotten it twice out of the past three years, but I could also see him winning it again. So what do you say about him? I think he's a great buy. I agree that he's amazing. I don't know if he's a great buy because he's super expensive. His rookies from the 2013-14 class and his PSA 10 goes for $1,600 to $2,000. So love the player. 
that's probably more expensive than LeBron rookies. I don't know, or comparable. So I, I don't know. Is he going to be the top five player all time? I don't know. But I, I love the guy, and I would love to get a rookie of his, but they are, with good reason, quite expensive. Um, going on to the next guy, I love this guy, Chris Middleton. He's from the 2012 uh, Panini class. His Prism PSA 10 goes for from $150 to $220. Ooh, quick aside, where I'm getting these numbers from, uh, I think this is a helpful thing for beginners out there. There's a website called 130point.com, 130point.com, and um, it shows the prices that things have sold for, including what the buy it nows actually went for, whereas eBay doesn't show that. So I think that's really helpful to get a good idea of what cards actually are selling for. So 130point.com, big fan. <clears throat> um, Chris Middleton to me is a amazing player, tall, great defender, great shooter, but he's kind of boring. People don't love him. I own like a million of his rookie cards, so many autographs from his rookie year, but they never seem to really move in price. So. I don't know. I think he deserves to go up in the market, but I don't know that I think he actually will. Yeah, Chris Middleton is a great player, but uh, um, I mean, last year he got snubbed from the All-Star game despite averaging 20 points, six rebounds, five assists. He's a great player. And he's a little bit, you know, he's definitely Robin to Giannis's Batman. And I mean, how expensive are... Scotty Pippen's cards. You're probably going to hate what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Love Scotty Pippen. His cards have deep. Like, if Chris Middleton can have Scotty Pippen value, I'd be happy. Yeah, I I don't think he'll ever really get there even. So. Yeah, and he's not as good a player as Scotty Pippen. We can agree there. All right. So, Drew Holiday is next. Drew Holiday. He's from the same rookie class as Steph Curry and James Harden, the 2009. Uh, rookie class. So I put his tops chrome in here, PSA 9, because I wasn't finding any 10s. Those go for $125 to $200. I think he's amazing, and he's kind of like Chris Middleton. Like, his cards are not going to move. He's a great player. Maybe a little less likely to make the Hall of Fame than Chris Middleton, though neither are probably likely. But I don't know. I don't see it as being a, an investment that's going to move, really. He's only made one All-Star game, which actually shocked me. Um, it was 2020. 2012, 2013, um, and yeah, I I would argue that Chris Middleton is more likely to make the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I n not a ton of hobby upside. Uh, so next we have Divincenzo. What do you think of Dante Divincenzo? Um, he's from the 2018 class, so he's from the new junk wax era. Um, his Prism goes, Prism PSA 10 goes for from 15 to $50, somewhere in that range. I think he's a really good 3 and D type of player, shot 38% on threes last year, but I don't know, don't see a ton of upside. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so this next one, Bobby Portis. You wanted to mention Bobby Portis. I, I would have left him off this list. Well, well, he's got a cult following in Milwaukee. He's very popular. I mean, if you watch that finals, he's a, he's charismatic, too. And I do love his crazy bugged out eyes. He's, <laughs> he's something else to watch. Uh, as a Bulls fan, I know a little bit too much about Bobby Portis as part of the problem. Dude plays absolutely no defense and loves to shoot the basketball. Um his, I couldn't even find graded cards of his, so his 2015 Prism was going for, 
two to eight dollars raw, which honestly is a pretty good deal. Like if he has another big year, I could see that going up to fifteen dollars. But I, I don't know. I don't see much here. Well, he hasn't punched anyone out on the box, so I think that's uh, that that's been helpful for his hobby value <laughs> and his popularity. He punched, he punched Nikola Mirotic right out of the NBA, and that dude went went back to Europe because of Bobby Portis. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not the biggest Bobby Portis guy. <clears throat> you wanted to mention Jordan Noir as well. He's a rookie last year. His raw prism goes for one to four dollars. Does seem like he's got some upside as a three and D guy, but I, I can't say I've watched him enough to have big opinions or or see him having a big enough role on a team this good. But do you disagree there? No, he. I mean, I think his role could expand, but I mean, his per per thirty six numbers are quite good actually. Twenty twenty two and a half points, almost eight rebounds, over two blocks, three point seven threes a game. Well. Not per game, per 36, so there's a difference, you know, and he's only, this is only a sophomore season, so I think he's somebody to watch. I'm not necessarily recommending his cards, but he's someone to watch. I could see if we found a silver prism of his for a good price, just, or a raw one, just holding on to it and seeing what happens. Could be a good lottery ticket. Yeah. yeah okay, so let's move on to the Chicago Bulls, and Camden, let's talk about their best player. Okay, yeah, that's right, uh, Kobe White. Not Camden, I said their best player. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. We can talk about okay. Kobe White. I'll humor you. Go ahead. <laughs> so he's one of my favorite players. So just think he's a uh, good player to invest in. I think you can buy low on him now before he really pops. So, I mean, I guess we can move on and talk about I, – I, I know there's more players on the team too. Okay. Well, just quick mention, he's from the 2019 class, and his PSA Prism 10 goes for 20 to $30 at this point. I bet, like, last February that card was a, I don't know, I bet it was like a $200 card. So Camden's right that it's a buy low right now. <laughs> yeah, so Zach Levine? So actually their best player, Zach Levine. He, I'm a Bulls fan, by the way. We've mentioned that in previous episodes, but I am a pessimistic Bulls fan. Going into last year, I was kind of low on Zach Levine because, man, does that guy not play defense. But he just became kind of incredible on offense last year and became slightly more passable on defense. He went to the Olympics this year. Seems like people really like him. Um, he's from the 2014-15 class, and his Prism PSA 10s go for in the range of 275 to 325. Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked at Zach Levine cards in the past, but he's kind of uh, fantastic. Any thoughts, Camden? Yeah, uh, he's okay. But, he, you know, he turns the ball over three and a half times a game. Kobe White only turns the ball over two, you know, just <laughs> over two. And uh, Kobe actually has a higher free throw percentage, believe it or not, which is amazing. I mean, Kobe has over 90% free throws versus, you know, 85%. So, I don't know. Is this what we're going to be doing, Camden? <laughs> now, I wondered why you weren't bringing up stats of Kobe White. I see what's happening. <laughs> this is going to get tedious, but let's keep going. All right. So, uh, so DeMar DeRozan, uh, from that same rookie class with uh, Drew Holiday. So his tops Chrome Raw goes for like $65. Not a big fan. He's kind of one of those players that maybe he'll bulk stats his way to the Hall of Fame, like a LaMarcus Aldridge or something, but... Doesn't play any defense. His teams win more once he leaves. Uh, I can't believe the Bulls trade that they did to get him. 
So I am not going to be recommending a DeRozan investment. Well, he's he's okay, but there's a player that gets more rebounds per game, actually, and that's uh, Kobe White. He actually got five rebounds a game. Uh, DeMar was only getting four rebounds a game last season. Tell got, me your uh, other cherry-picked stats that it, relate to this. Well, he gets 2.4 threes per game, and DeRozan hardly shoots the three ball at all. Um, so, and... 36% versus 26% from three. I don't, I just, I, you know, Kobe, I like Kobe better. <laughs> okay. So we're hearing that Camden likes Kobe white and is really good at cherry picking stats. Let, let's see if that can continue. Nikola Vucevic, the bulls traded for him last year. Um, he's from the 2012, 13, uh, Panini prism set. His PSA 10 goes for the 85 to 125, Probably one of the cheaper all-star players from that initial set of Prism. Uh, so I could see that actually being a decent buy if the Bulls were to do anything this year. Um, I mean, his stats are amazing. He remarkably, like every other Bulls player we've mentioned so far, plays no defense. Uh, <laughs> but he averaged 21.5 points and 11.5 rebounds. I'm guessing there's some stats that he did not surpass Kobe in, but let's let's wait to see what Cameron has to say. Well, that's right. Actually, Kobe had more assists, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> a, Shock guard, is, a cigar. Shocking from a quote-unquote point guard. Quote-unquote quote unquote for sure on his point guard status, Kobe White. And he had a higher free throw percentage, 90% to 87%. Wow, that's kind of amazing that Lucevic shoots 87%, that's, though. That's, it, I? It's true. I will. All right. So I actually do like Lucevic. I'm, I'm kind of playing this up a little too much. I like some of these players, but uh, I just like Kobe White. So uh, I like the shtick. It needs to stop after the Bulls, but I like it for now. <laughs> so Lonzo. Lonzo, yep. Big acquisition by the Bulls this year. An acquisition I actually like. He's from the 2017 class, so the same one as Tatum and Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo. Um, he's actually shot three-pointers really well the last couple years, around 38%, which his first year or two we would not have expected. Decent effective field goal percentage. Good first solid defender we can mention on the Bulls. Um, he's got that name value as being a ball, big baller brand shoes, which we all know and love. Um I, but I also don't ever see him being like a true star. So his uh, 2017 Prism PSA 10 goes for 90 to 120 dollars. Eh, I don't, I don't see that changing dramatically. But like the player. All right. So can we mention celebrity cards on a basketball card podcast? See, I think we should invest in Lavar Ball. <laughs> I, I actually don't know if he has any cards even. But uh, no, I actually like Lonzo. I think that he's. Actually, a dark horse candidate for uh, most improved player. I could see that happening. Um, oh, interesting. I think, I think he's going to have a breakout year. So, yeah, I'm not even going to bring up Kobe White as much as I want to bring up the fact that he scored more points per game. I won't do it. <laughs> I feel like you just did it. Uh, interesting. On the most, I feel like Lonzo was already too good the last couple of years to win most improved, but maybe, maybe. I, I would love it if it happened. Okay, so my, my boy, my guy from this list is definitely Patrick Williams. Was a rookie last year, so not very many graded cards. His raw prism goes for $1 to $5. Bulls fans delusionally believe that he could be the next Kawhi Leonard. He's super quiet, same kind of body, 
started out as a defender like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he looks up to and idealizes Kawhi. I'm going to say, like, when you look at his stats, they're kind of unremarkable, but you need to keep in mind that he was the youngest American player in last year's draft. I think only Poku was younger than him in the last draft. So when you look at his stats and feel unimpressed by them, just remember that a lot of, you know, in a lot of ways, he was more like a high schooler coming into the NBA. Yeah. And he started every game. He's got an NBA body. Needs to be more assertive for sure. He's, he's fairly passive, but I can see that confidence growing so i don't know i'm a big patrick williams guy all right do you have one more player you wanted to talk about on the bulls yeah this is just a quick as a bulls nerd marco simonovich they drafted him i think last year in the second round but he's actually going to play this year and should have some cards coming out this is the same front office that used to be with the nuggets and drafted Jokic when he was unknown in the second round so and he's done some good things in summer league not so much in preseason so just a player to keep in the back of your mind but um who knows that's a uh, shot in the dark for sure all right so um Cleveland yeah on to the Cleveland Cavaliers so what do you have for us Nathaniel I'm pretty excited about the Cavaliers not necessarily in terms of them winning anything but I kind of like a lot of their players um, the player I probably like the most is Darius Garland. Uh, he's from the 2019 rookie class, which so there's a lot of those prisms out there. So the PSA 10s are going for 50 to 55 dollars. Uh, there's been some news around him recently that apparently someone asked Steph Curry what young players he likes, and the first guy he mentioned was Darius Gar- Garland. So that gets me kind of excited. Then again, Michael Jordan's been running the. Um, Charlotte for all these years and look where that's got them when so NBA greats don't always have the best taste in talent but I don't know Darius Garland seems like a similar sort of build and player to Steph Curry so it interests me that Steph Curry thinks he's great um he's little which is weird with Colin Sexton but he's a really good shooter and I think he's the better playmaker of the two of them so I'm hoping long term that um the Cavs choose Garland over Sexton I actually have a question about that here. So I am – all right. It seems like Garland has more hype. But to me, Colin Sexton is a pretty darn good player also. So what say you about the, the choice between the two? Because I'm not – like, for instance, Colin Sexton is getting more points. Obviously, he's a little bit older, I believe. And also, um, he uh, – well, he's not as good of a playmaker – uh, Darius Garland gets six assists per game as opposed to about four. So uh, thoughts on the on the two players? Well, I think it's kind of that they're both small to be your, like if your whole backcourt is like that, you're kind of have a Blazers problem where maybe your offense will be dynamic, but you're always going to be really limited on defense. And they're both more have the bodies of a point guard. So when you're looking at that, the one to me with the more promising future as a point guard to to help all these other young players that are coming along is Darius Garland. Like you said, much better playmaker, more interested in passing, more efficient in terms of he's a 40% three-point shooter, an 85% free throw shooter. Sexton isn't bad in these ways, but Garland is just more efficient on offense and has more interest in getting other players involved, it seems. All right. You've also pointed out 
um, that Garland's win shares and, and PER are really not that favorable yet, yes? Yeah, that's accurate. He's but he's of, also like, you know, basically he's had two years. He was kind of a train wreck his first year. Um, young guards and he only, often are. Yeah, and he only played, I think, like five games in college before um, before coming to the NBA because of an injury. And like you said, point guards are notorious for taking the longest to develop. And I think, I don't know, especially, I don't know how to do this, but if you just looked at his stats for the second half of the season, I think he was really coming on strong. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism with Garland. All right, good. Uh, let's see. You want to talk, you want to jump ahead to Mobley? Yeah. Um, Evan Mobley's a rookie this year. He was, what, the third pick, I think? Um He's a big man, kind of a, seems like he's pretty advanced on defense for a young guy and kind of good at all the things that don't necessarily jump out on a box score. He's skinny, probably going to be pushed around for a while. But when they did the recent GM survey, um, they have a category of who do you think is going to be rookie of the year and who do you think is going to be the best player in five years. And the GMs picked Evan Mobley for the best player in five years, so... That's intriguing to me, but at the same time, do you know who they picked a year ago as who was going to be the best player in five years? Ooh, good question. Uh, no, I don't. Who who did they say? They picked James Wiseman, which is it's not looking so good at this point. Okay. So, well, yeah. so they're not always prophets. Another big man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I again, like when we talked about Cade, or we're about to talk about Cade, I always find that the high picks are super expensive so I, I think it's highly unlikely you're going to be seeing me or us buying any Evan, Evan Mobley but I am interested in him as a player long term all right yeah that's all fair uh how about Isaac Okoro um he's from last year he was a rookie in 2020 his raw prisms are cheap one to three dollars um was not very good on offense for most of last year 29 percent three-point shooter sub 50% effective field goal percentage. But he really came on strong at the end of the season. He's a strong defender. He's kind of the only wing on the whole roster. So in some ways, like, if you're going to look at who I feel confident about being a core starter for this team five years from now, I would have a lot of confidence in Isaac Okoro just because they don't have anyone else to play the wing position. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a question of his offense, really. But I think he's got... You know, he's got an opportunity. He's really good on defense. So I would be interested in buying, like, a, a raw parallel, you know, optic or prism or something and seeing what happens with it. Well, that, yeah, it seems like he's struggled a little bit, uh, especially from three. You know, I think he has some more upside that he hasn't shown yet. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm optimistic for the future with him. Yeah, and wasn't he like the fifth pick? Maybe he was real high pick. Yeah, he was. He was up there somewhere. Um, pretty good. Well, I don't know. Seventy-two percent from the line. That's it's okay. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. We should look. I feel like I've heard people say Isaac Okoro. I don't know. We should oh, look up how to say it. I hate saying players' names wrong. So yeah. we should see if it's Isaac or Isaac. <clears throat> yeah, and we should. Uh, Bielitsa, is that? <laughs> There's another guy with a difficult no, you, name. I think you nailed that one. Okay, well, let's, hey, look at, 
Look at me go. That's a player I did not expect us to be talking about in any of these podcasts ever. The Elite So. Why not, man? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so let's uh, let's go to Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Allen, I think we can do this one pretty fast. He was a rookie in 2017. His Prism 10 goes for $20 to $30. He's got an amazing afro. I think he's a really solid big man. I... I don't see, like, he's not much on offense other than a lob threat. I don't really see his card market changing. He's a player I would love to have on my bowls, let's say, but I don't see us spending money on him. Yeah, he's pretty much a traditional big man. Uh, So do you think that he can uh, coexist with Evan Mobley? I think so. Mobley's really um, versatile. It sounds like he's not necessarily a great shooter yet, but the thought is he's going to be an inside-out kind of big man, whereas Jared Allen's kind of your, um, shoot, what's again, the Nets, uh, but I was talking about Nick Claxton, like, <laughs> can't shoot at all, just a lob threat, um, so I, I think so, and they're they're going to make it for a great defense, which they're going to need if they're going to keep Garland and Sexton on the perimeter. Okay, yeah, and then uh, another player that you probably like a lot, quite a bit is my guess, uh, Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't hate the finisher, but he's, uh, I don't know, I've lost hope, I think. He <laughs> was really promising his first couple of years, and then, I mean, the Bulls have had, I don't know if you remember the James Boylan era, but they've had some interesting choices to lead the roster, so maybe with some better leadership he can get better, but he's really regressed the last couple of years. His 2017 prism is now going for, PSA 10 is now going for 35 to $45. I'm guessing that was a $120 card at some point. Um, so this is a buy low opportunity, maybe? I think for those who believe, yeah, but I'm not one of them. So unless you have a really strong belief about him, I don't foresee us doing that. That's that's too bad if he's a... <laughs> I also don't really know how he fits. Like you were talking about Jared Allen and yeah. Mobley fitting. I see how those fit, but between Markinen and... Kevin Love is still on this roster. Like, what are they going to do with these guys? Markinen cannot, like, the Bulls have tried to play him at the three, and it's a disaster. So I don't see how he's anything other than a part-time player. Well, I, I, I don't know how I forget about Kevin Love, but I, I tend to do that on this team. I mean, I, I think of it as such a young team at this point. Yeah, and we are not going to be talking about him other than in this context on this episode, so I, <laughs> I, th- I think it's over for him. I used to think he was a definite Hall of Famer, but now I think he's a definite not Hall of Famer. Yeah, it, it, uh, let's see, what happened with the... Uh, there was a bunch of drama with him around the Olympic team this year. I think he showed up out of shape. Yeah, and, yeah like, I don't kind understand. of, basically. It's kind of sad. Like, how do you not... This is your chance, bro. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on here. We got the Detroit Pistons. Are are you bullish? <laughs> are you bullish on Cade Cunningham? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't watch college at all, but it seems like there's a reason people picked him first in this class. That seems to be a great rookie class. Um, seems like a really versatile, tall player whose three point shot has really improved. Um, good passer. Makes me wonder what's going to happen with Killian Hayes because they sort of seem like it's, he's kind of filling the role of what they intended for Killian Hayes. But anyway, we'll get on to him. I, I think he's probably going to be really good, and I think we're probably not going to buy his cards for four years. Yeah, he seems like the type of player that 
unless he really is does turn into you know a Lamelo kind of player um, as far as just hype and everything. His cards might be overpriced at first. Of course, Lamelo's cards arguably could be very overpriced already. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the analogy, right? Like, I think Lamelo's really good. I think Cade Cunningham's really good, probably, but most likely we can get these cards cheaper in a year or two. Just like with every player, you know, like we can get Kevin Durant's cards for cheaper than if Kevin Durant were a rookie right now. Yeah, it, there's the hype around young players is real, and, uh, yeah, and you can over you can definitely overpay for players if they're a high draft pick and have some early success. If, if they have some drop off or they get injured or something like that, it it it, it can be a, a tough on an investment. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way, like, we buy a Cade card now and he has a hot month and we sell it. Like, as long as we sell it within the year, there's probably a way to make money on a player that's going to start out so hot. But, you know, I imagine he's going to start the hottest of any of them. So, I don't know, it just seems like a really risky investment to me. Well, he's one of those guys that, I mean, he's going to get a lot of run here on this uh, on this Pistons team. Now, granted, he's got some injury problems does he? I I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that, but it's possible. Let me look this up. Why don't you talk about Killian, and I'm going to look something up real quick. Okay. Killian Hayes was the um, the Pistons' top pick in last year's draft, which turns out he was the worst player of their three draft picks last year. Um, his Prism Raws go for $1 to $3. I'm kind of interested in him as a buy-low. I like listening and reading to Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, and he's always been a huge Killian Hayes guy. Had him top of his draft board last year, actually. Um, And I think he's acknowledged to some extent that that hasn't worked out well, but he's a good defender, um, good passer. If he can get a better shot, maybe. He's maybe not athletic enough. We'll see. But I don't know. On a team with Cade, maybe they'll just have this amazing passing backcourt and it's going to be great i don't know i could see um buying a cheap parallel of one of his cards and seeing what happens yeah that makes sense so yeah Cade was out for the preseason he twisted his ankle um so i think they're just being careful with him yeah that sounds just like a we don't want him to be hurt for the actual season so we can sell tickets thing to me yeah absolutely makes sense all right, so Sadiq Bay, are you uh, are you all in Nathaniel on Sadiq Bay? I don't know if I'm all in, but he's he's good. <laughs> that's a it's a weird lead-in question. Am I all in? Uh, he averaged 12 points, four and a half rebounds, good shooting, 38% on threes. Kind of seems like a three and D player at this point. Um, I don't know. I like him. I, you know, to be honest, I feel like I'm going a little blind with the Pistons because they were such a kind of boring team last year that I don't know that I ever intentionally watched the Pistons. Um, so I'm just looking at stats mostly with him. So I'm interested, but he's certainly not someone I've prioritized. Well, some people might tune into their games for their star player, uh, Jeremy Grant. Um, how do you feel about Jeremy Grant, Nathaniel? I'm not big on him. I know uh, there are other podcasts I've listened to where they seem to be excited about him since he's kind of their best player. He's from the 2014 class, so I do like that about him. His cards are much rarer than 
um, most. Um, his PSA 10 goes for, of his prism goes for like 100 to 160 bucks. I think he's best served kind of doing what he was doing on the Nuggets, being the third or fourth best player on a good team. Um, he did better than I would have expected last year, but I think if the Pistons hope to get anywhere, he needs to not be their best player, um, which doesn't um, portend well for his cards, I would say. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you like Jeremy Grant? I mean, uh, as a person who loves fantasy basketball, he was pretty great, uh, giving you know kind of that triple one thing where somebody who gives you a block – um, a steal and a three-pointer. That's called a triple one. Um, okay. So he was really great at fantasy basketball. <laughs> now, for real basketball, well, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of your points are very valid. I mean, I think he's really good at real basketball and better than I would have expected, but he strikes me as less exciting than Zach Levine, less exciting than... I don't know, who else have we talked about? Darius Garland, um, Colin Sexton even. I don't know. I just think there's not a whole lot of upside left with him, and his market hasn't moved much, so I don't see how that's going to change. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that he's a, um, a, a bad player, but uh, just ha- having him being a star on your team um, and looks like actually he doesn't quite give you a steal a game. It's more like .6. But, uh, certainly uh, you were lying a, to the audience, Camden. Well, uh, he was like a triple one threat a couple years ago, like in the 2018 series where he was like flirting with the triple one. Now he's a triple really, point six. <laughs> it was oh .8 a couple years ago for the steals, but uh, still good on the blocks. And last year he did – over two threes a game, so. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would have, I mean, it was impressive what he did last year. 22 I could, points a game, I mean, that that's an all-star kind of number right there. What, a, what did he average the year before that? It must have been like 13 12. or something? Yeah, yeah that's kind of amazing that he did that. Well, yeah, on, it was but, on Denver, yeah. Yeah, exactly, but no, I mean, that leap is kind of amazing. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but did it, I wonder how much it changed his card market. I'm sure it went up some, but I don't foresee that continuing. Well, I think he's not. I mean, he was already pretty much, you know, in his prime, you know, uh, 26 last season. And players like that, you know, that take longer to develop and really turn into something, um, usually, you know, the hobby market doesn't get quite as excited about those kinds of players. Yeah. I guess I also am just skeptical that he can take another leap, which feels like would be what would have to happen for him to – suddenly become like a you know top 20 card value sort of guy right yeah yeah i don't see that happening and and there's going to be a lot more buzz around Cade cunningham on this team yeah which could be maybe that's his chance like because who was watching the pistons last year but maybe if people are actually watching them this year then then maybe he could grow a little bit as people are like oh this this jeremy grant guy is good i don't know but we watched him on the nuggets so people have seen him right all right, so Isaiah Stewart. Uh, he was a rookie last year. I mean, it's interesting. Their rookie class was really pretty great between Stewart and Sadiq Bey, but then their first, their highest pick, uh, Killian, we talked about, was not so good. But Stewart was kind of awesome last year. Like, he was banging down on the blocks and pretty efficient. He actually had a positive 
PER 16.4, which is unusual for a rookie. Started even shooting some threes at the end of the year. I'm I'm interested in Isaiah Stewart. He seems like a uh, like a player who surprised a lot of people and put up a lot bigger stats than would have been expected. And seems like a hard worker and a player who they don't necessarily have anyone else to play center on the roster. So he's got his spot. I don't know, but he's a big man. So again, we've talked about that ad nauseum. But the market doesn't love that. But as a as a young center, I'm interested. Yeah, and it's per 36 numbers, uh, 13 points, 11 rebounds. I like the 11 rebounds and two blocks. Yeah. Um, sounds like he, he shoots some threes also, which is nice in a big man. And I could see with Cade being known for his passing, like maybe his points go up a little bit, even though they're adding another good player just because he gets some easy dunks. And I don't know. I, I could see, you know, I am not focused on him, but I could see investing in him. Yeah, for you know fantasy basketball, I always love to see the uh, blocks and threes in a big man, you know, a big man who can do those kinds of things. But that doesn't mean a lot for hobby value. Uh, <laughs> Brook yeah. Lopez, I mean, he, right. he he would go, you know, top sixty, and <laughs> you know, in a uh, fantasy draft, but you know, not much of a hobby market. Right. I think we didn't even mention him when we discussed the Bucks, which, <laughs> you know, little known fact about Brooke Lopez. Do you know, well, I, I, I'm giving it away, I guess, but do you know who the all-time leader for the Brooklyn Nets and points is? Is it Brooke Lopez? <laughs> it's Brooke Lopez. What? He has wow. the most points in the history of a franchise. Yeah, well, a couple years ago, his, uh, you know, his, he was getting over two blocks and over two threes a game. I believe, you know, about two and a half blocks, two and a half threes, something like that. Yeah. It was ridiculous for fantasy basketball. Yeah. And he's a tree, you know. I mean, he's <laughs> right. a great rim, of, rim protector. It's amazing because when he was young, he was just a post player. He was an amazing post player, and he never shot threes. Anyway, it's a pretty cool evolution he's had as a player. Anyway, Brooke Lopez, we talked about you. Uh, <laughs> now on to Josh Jackson. From 2017, his he was a high draft pick for the Suns, I think. Um, his PSA 10 Prism is 10 to 25 dollars. I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote on our little um, prep guide here. I wrote, I think he's empty calories. So that that's how I feel about Josh Jackson. He's puts up some points, but he's not very good at anything. All right. So, uh, are you more bullish on Hamadou Diallo? Uh, a little bit, yeah. He's from 2018. His PSA 10s are cheap, $15. You couldn't even grade a tenth of the card for that right now. Um, anyway, he's super athletic, had his best year by a long shot last year. But then he was having that for the Thunder, and they dumped him to the Pistons. So that makes me question, I think of the Thunder as a smart team. So, I don't know, that gives me some pause. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, I think we've spent probably too much time on the Pistons, so let's move on here to the Pacers. <clears throat> a team that people just clamor to talk about. Yes, how about DeMontis Sabonis, huh? How about that leap that he took? I do love DeMontis Sabonis. His, he's from 2016, so I feel like that's kind of the year before the production of cards went up, so I, when I hear 2016 or earlier, I my ears peak up perk up a little bit his psa 10 goes for 100 to 135 dollars which to me that seems like a great price for that as well um he averaged 20 12 7 assists almost uh 
0.564 effective field goal percentage. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of like, is he Jokic light, kind of? Would you say that, Camden? Yeah, I mean, he has some incredible stats. Uh, I wouldn't say he's good of a passer. Good of a passer is well, no one is. <laughs> but six, you know, six point seven assists. That's pretty amazing for a big man. That's got to be like the second most, wouldn't you think, for a center? Oh, boy, I can't really think of anybody else. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to kind of look it up, but it's it's hard to think of anybody else who really gets gets quite that many at the center position. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. will the hobby ever care here? Yeah, I don't know. He's not a good defender. The Pacers just tend to always be kind of mediocre, so I think it's a question on – what happens with the Pacers, really? Because I mean, cer- certainly a playoff team. Yeah, well, they were they last year. Maybe they made it out of the play-in and then got crushed in the first round. I don't remember. Or, or I, I think of them as a playoff team. Yeah, like a, I think con- in contention. Yeah, I, I do too. I honestly think they're probably about the same level as my Bulls. So like lower, um, lower end of the playoff race. So maybe seven to ten in that range. I like a lot. I mean, as we go through this thing, you're going to find I like a lot of their players. So, um, and they just got Rick Car- Carlisle as their coach. So, um, NBA champion coach. Last year they had that Nate Bjorkren guy who apparently was an absolutely train train wreck to get fired midway through the season. Um, so, I don't know. I like Sabonis. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's he's their st- here's their star. Uh, Although this this team is interesting, I remember a couple years ago it was kind of like um, Sabonis or or Miles Turner. People were kind of arguing about who they thought was going to be going to be better, and I think we have an answer to that question now that's pretty definitive. <laughs> but right. I remember when there was a debate. Um, but uh, how about their point guard, um, Mr. Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, absolutely. I love Malcolm Brogdon. To be honest with you, I don't. I think maybe it's sort of like my Chris Middleton love that I'm like, the analytics say he's amazing. So I think he should be worth a lot and he just never is going to be. But uh, anyway, he's from the 2016 class as well. Actually, that's interesting. Their first three guys we're going to discuss are from the same rookie class, Sabonis, Brogdon, and Levert. Um, his PSA 10s are dirt cheap, 40 to 60 bucks. Um, something I'm very intrigued by is that point guards historically – do amazing with Rick Carlisle. He's kind of the point guard whisperer. So makes me wonder, does Brogdon have another level? Um, I don't know. He also, we talked about this with um, our good friend Kyrie Irving in the previous episode, but he is the one of 10 players in NBA history to have a 50-40-90 season. 50% field goal, 40% three-point, 90% um, free throw percentage. That was a couple years ago, but that's kind of incredible to be on that list with Larry Bird and Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving, I guess. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, I also think that Brockton might be the only player to ever get Rookie of the Year and Most Improved Player of the Year. Oh, and did he win Most Improved? I believe he did, uh, oh, in, obviously in different years. But yeah. that's, that's a pretty uh, funny thing that usually people who win Rookie of the Year – are seen as uh, not candidates for for most player for most improved player. Yeah, 
Yeah, and yet, like, despite all these credentials we're talking about, and he averaged 21 points last year, I, I'm not sure the hobby's ever going to care, unfortunately. He, he is also, one thing to note with him, I think he's actually hurt right now, and um, I heard on some podcasts they were saying he had some of the worst medicals ever when, he, when they did the combine on him before the draft. So that's part of why he slipped in the draft and why, like, the Bucks were willing to let him go is he's just a big risk to get hurt, I think. So there is that. There, that's a fair concern with him for sure. Oh, I am wrong. Lying well, to the audience again. He's most improved in our heart, Cam. Yeah, well, he was rookie of the year, though. Yeah, he was I that. think a lot of people forgot that. You, I feel like you forgot that when we were talking about that's that the true. other day. That's true. And then I somehow I had this false implanted memory that he was also i don't know <laughs> you're like let's, let's give him today let's give him all the awards <laughs> uh, i mean for an example of how cheap he is though i just like a week ago i bought an rpa of his not not a big national treasures or something but a on-card jersey autograph from his rookie year for like 25 bucks including shipping so that's kind of crazy but also makes me think People just don't care about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What about Karis LeVert? I'm not a huge fan. He's from that same rookie class. His prism is kind of between the two. So Sabonis was about 120 Brogdon's about 50 He goes for more like $75. Um, he was pretty good on the nets. He, got, he was involved in the... Um, Oh, why can't I think of his name? Who's the guy who they traded for Levert Camden? Oh, o- Oladipo. Oladipo. Um, okay. He was part of the Oladipo trade. But he was kind of bad for them last year and kind of a ball hog when I watched him. He had a less than 500 effective field goal percentage and mostly has his whole career. He's older than you would think. He's 27 years old. Um, yeah, I'm, and he's hurt right now and was hurt a lot of last year. I think he had cancer last year as well. So um, that was kind of the coolest thing about that trade is that they did a physical for it, and because of that, they discovered the cancer. Maybe so the, maybe that's what I was getting mixed up is that Oladipo actually did get in 2017-18. He, he got the uh, uh, most, most improved, improved. player reward. So maybe somehow is conflating the two. Yeah, it could be. Anyway, I don't. you are... Our favorite podcaster, Gary, from the Hoops and Cards thing, is a big Levert fan. I was wondering um, if you are with him. Has he persuaded you on the on Mr. Levert here? No, I, I'm not. I'm not a big Levert guy either. Um, so yeah, I. We love Gary, though. We love Gary. That's for sure. Um, we but we don't, don't love Karis Levert. But we like a lot of his takes, so yeah, we um, would definitely recommend. I, I think one of these days we should go through some podcasts we like, but um, that's definitely one we like is the Hoops and Cards podcast. Yeah, absolutely, we highly re- recommend it. All right, so here's another player that it just when he was in Phoenix, he was a fantasy monster. Honestly, he was TJ Warren. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, he really was. Yeah, he was putting. I mean, that team was so bad. They were, you know, a wasteland team. You know, but. But, boy, it was fantasy gold on that team. And then wasn't he, wasn't it with the Pacers when he got traded there or signed with them? I forget that he was kind of amazing for a season and was a, in the bubble. like scoring yeah. like 50 was, points in the bubble or 40 yeah, points. People were saying, you know, comparing him to Jordan. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, he, that, he, That's sacrilege, Cameron. Well, I'm just saying that 
people were saying crazy things. He was falling out in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, but he was most, was he hurt all of last year? I feel like he was. And then now there was a report that his foot's still not healing well and he's not going to start the season playing. So that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, he's probably a, a scary investment. I don't know if the hobby will ever truly um, catch up to him. I, th- I think he's a better player than most people give him credit for, and that's the problem. Yeah, well, I think he's definitely a better player if he gets back to where he was, but that's, I guess, kind of the question right now. Right. His PSA 10s are, you know, like, if he does come back, though, they're 30 to 40 bucks right now from the 2014 class, so... If he gets back to scoring 18 points a game, I think that's a great investment, but it, that's just a little scary to bet on at the moment. Yeah, and this is a this is an interesting team because it, it just it has a lot of talent, but not not a lot of A-listers necessarily. It's kind of just a bunch of Hey, don't speak ill of Brogdon and Sabonis, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying that like they're not seen as A-listers. Okay, okay. Like perception. Okay. All right. I just got a little touchy there. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, Miles Turner. Um, Wait, he's... quick aside, though, on what you were just saying. That does make me wonder. There's been some talk of them trying to consolidate, like with a Levert and Brogdon for Ben Simmons kind of trade. It, it does seem like a tra- a team that makes sense to make a trade of some sort. Yeah. I mean, do you want to give up Brogdon for Ben Simmons, really? I mean... Uh, I think so. With what we talked about with the injuries and with Ben Simmons' age and his defensive chops with Simmons, I mean, I would, I would definitely trade as much as I love Malcolm Brogdon. I would definitely trade him for Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons is a guy who's you know trade value. uh, It's just how is he going to fit on this team? I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, do they have enough shooting without him? Yeah, it's a good point. Sabonis is not a good three-point shooter. Miles Turner shoots them, but he's not actually very good at shooting them. Yeah, and then T.J. Warren is kind of a risk, you know. So if you get rid of Brogdon and Levert, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I feel like that's what the Pacers said too, is they weren't interested. But I think Philly said the same thing. Anyway, it's interesting team for sure. Very balanced, like you said. Miles Turner, we were going to talk about him. He's from the 2015 class. I didn't even look up his rookie cards, I guess, because I'm. I'm not big on Miles Turner in terms of a, a fantasy investment. I mean, a sports cards investment. But he is a great fantasy player. How about we talk about that, Ken? <laughs> well, last year he averaged 3.4 blocks, which is crazy. Um, I think he was on pace for potentially being defensive player of the year if he hadn't gotten hurt. He averaged 1.5 threes. Um, What's his percentage on those, though? I feel like he doesn't. It's not super high. It's. it's, it's uh, uh, it's about 33, 34% in Ooh, there. That's that's bad. You need to be like at least 36 if you're shooting very many of them. Yeah, and he is uh, shooting uh, four and a half a game. So. Okay. I don't. I think he's a really good player. He's a good defender. I don't know if he fits very well on this roster with the bonus, but um, they just. It seems like they've been trying to trade him for like three years, and no one wants to give up what he's worth. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he's a good fantasy player, but uh, probably that's. Better there than 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 uh, hobby upside. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So this next player, uh, Chris Duarte. I don't really have any input on him, to be honest. Uh, what do you have to say about him? 
I just know he was the rookie from this class that people kind of said he's the most ready, like you can draft this guy and he's going to be a rotation player for you right away. He played at Oregon. I think he was played all the way through his senior year, so he's 24 years old right now. Um, I don't know the much much about the particulars about his game, but I just know he's supposed to be able to jump right in and be useful. So probably not a ton of upside, probably not a guy we're going to um, lean on, but... You know, people said that. People made fun of the Suns for drafting Cameron Johnson when he was older, and now everyone I hear talk about Cameron Johnson is doing their mea culpa on making fun of the Suns for that. So maybe maybe he can do a Cameron Johnson kind of routine. But even that, where does that get you in terms of hobby value? Not, not very far. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So uh, parting thoughts here as we come down the stretch uh nathaniel did you want to tease a card purchase yeah we camden and i had some text exchanges and made our first purchase for this podcast um but i think it makes a little more sense for us to discuss it next week but i will say that the player in question has been mentioned this week so all right you can take that where you will but um we did make our first purchase and we are excited to talk about that when we talk about the Southeast Division. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> it's going to blow your minds. <laughs> and we would also love to hear from you if you're out there listening. We don't know if you're there or not, but if you are, please email us at nashakindex at gmail.com. That's N-A-S-H-A-Q-I-N-D-E-X at gmail.com. All right. And we got two episodes done this week. You know, we're hoping for... Another two next week. You know, we're out there fighting the good fight. So we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we want to deliver more good content for everybody. Yeah. It's been good talking to you guys. Get out there and buy some Malcolm Brogdon cards this week for me. Pump up my values of all my cards. (laughs) JK, JK. All right. Well, have a good week, Cameron. We'll talk about the Southeast Division next.